0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Because knowing God and not just merely knowing about God is so fundamental to every Christian's walk of peace and prosperity on this earth, Pastor Ray has taught this series several times and takes the prophet Daniel's message of the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits very seriously. At the conclusion of these 10 days of deep study, listeners will see the Father's love in a whole new light, illustrating the very heart of the Father and giving us a wonderful picture of His true nature, which among other wonderful attributes includes generosity, compassion, mercy, intimacy, forgiveness, understanding, and a Father's love that's always constant, unconditional, and to be counted on. You will probably never hear a message on the Father's nature like like this ever again, so Pastor encourages you not to miss even one day of instruction. Once again, here's Pastor on attributes of our heavenly Father.
1: I want you to take your attention over to again Chapter 11 of the Book of Daniel, and we've been uh, studying and talking about verse 32, a very important verse, and a verse that's very important to me, and a verse that I love so much. And the Bible says here in this word it says but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits the people who know their God so the people who know their God it's not good enough just to have a casual knowing so are going to do something great and carry out great so we, we want to know about our God so we talked about Several things, several attributes, and in no way is this an exhaustive list. This is really uh, just my list of things that I picked up, but you can study this further because God is multifaceted. God is so deep, God is so vast that. His attributes are are never-ending. Every time you think you know something about God, you you find out something new about Him. Every time you learn something new about the Father, you you learn something even deeper than you didn't know before. This is the wonderful relationship that we share with our Heavenly Father. So we talked about several things, and um, we talked about, number one, that God is love. Now, let me just say this, that God doesn't have love. Many of you possess love. There's a difference between having something and being something. Does everybody understand that? You and I possess love, we have love towards people, love towards your spouse, love towards family members, love towards friends, love towards God. But we are not love, God is love. And everything about his nature, every attribute of God's flows from that position of him being love. And uh, you know, very first thing that, that I learned some years ago is that if you don't understand the love of God, you will never be able to trust God. If you don't understand how much God loves you and how that love is consistent and constant and and never changing, and it's always sure, just like the moon sheds its light and the sun sends its warmth and the stars are fixed in place, God is constant and the same and will never change. But if you don't understand that, you don't have that grounding and really truly know the love of God, it will be very hard for you to walk a life of faith. Because faith is built upon trust. And trust really is built upon knowing that someone really does love you. If you don't know that God loves you, you'll never put your full and absolute unabandoned trust in him. So we we come to understand the very first principle that covers and the very first attribute of God that really covers all the rest is that God is love. He is the God of love. And um, because of his love, we come to find out the second attribute that we talked about is that he is a forgiving father. There's nothing you could ever do or I could ever do that God would, ne- would not forgive. He, his, his heart is to forgive us. His desire is to forgive us. That's why people run away from God when they're in the midst of a, of a challenge or you know, maybe they had a failure, maybe they did something, maybe committed a sin or did something. They run away from God instead of running to God. See, the people who know their God, even when they have failure in their life, even when they have mistakes in their life, even when they sin in their life, they're not gonna run away from God because they know that God, the Heavenly Father, is not only the God of love, but He is also a very forgiving Father. And any time we come to Him with a heart of grief over a sin in our life or something that we've done in our life, and we come to the Lord, and we ask for that forgiveness, Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. We repent from that thing. The minute we pray it is the minute that He forgives us is the minute that it gets tossed over His back and, as the Bible says, falls into the sea of His forgetfulness, never to be remembered ever again. Because why? Because he is a loving father. And a loving father, his nature is to be a forgiving father. Because he's loved, because one of the attributes of his love that flows from, from his love is that he is a forgiving father. So there's not, not a time that we should ever run from God but run to him. Never never live in guilt or shame over the past mistakes of your life. Know that once God see people don't forgive, but God forgives. People say they forgive, but they still remember. God forgives, and He forgets about it. So, so God is not only a loving Father, but He is also a forgiving Father. He forgives us. Another attribute we talked about is that He's a very intimate Father, and He intimately knows everything about our lives. So why would we hold back anything from God? Do you think that God doesn't know what's going on in your life? You know, people sometimes say, well, you know, you think that somehow you're hiding something from God. God knows everything. He knows things about you that you don't even know about yourself yet. That's how intimately he is involved in our lives. So it makes sense for us to freely come to God. We ought to come and just turn our lives over because he already knows everything about our life. There's nothing you can hide from the Father. You can't hide from God. God knows every little thing that every little thought, every little Thing in your life, God already knows about it. So why would you try to hide yourself from God? People, uh, you know, I, I I often wonder. You know, people say, "Well, I'm not ready to come to God yet because I got to straighten things." Like God doesn't know the mess that's in your life. Like somehow you're going to go fix something that God doesn't know, and then you're going to be ready to come before the Lord. Because of His love, He forgives. Because of His love, He's so intimate with us. And even though He knows these things about us. He still purposes to love us in spite of ourselves. I don't know about you, but that is freeing. That sets me free. So he's a loving, forgiving, intimate. And then we talked about the last time we were together, we talked about he's a very merciful father. Praise the Lord. I I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy just about every day of my life because I don't know about you, but I blow it sometimes. I blow my top. I lose my temper. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I may think a thought that I shouldn't be thinking. And it is the mercy of God, the mercy of God. You know, this is what mercy means. Mercy means that basically I don't get what I deserve. His grace, on the other hand, it, it, it means this. It means that I get what I don't deserve. In other words, his mercy withholds punishment, withholds, uh, you know, well, punishment would probably be the best, best word to use. So his mercy, the Bible says his mercy endures forever. His mercy is unending, He is a a merciful God. So you know that, what I learned from that is that I need to sometimes, you know, I need that mercy for myself, but then quite often I need that mercy for somebody else, towards someone else. If God is being merciful to me, then why shouldn't I be merciful to others around me? Cut them some slack, amen? Are you with me? So God is a merciful God. So today for the time that we have left, I wanted to talk about another attribute of the Heavenly Father. And the attribute I want to talk about today cuz we've talked about he's a loving father, he's a forgiving father, he's an intimate father, he is a merciful father. Today for the next few minutes let's talk about this aspect of God. He is a very generous father. He is a very extremely generous father. With that I want you to open or maybe they'll put it up on the screen Matthew's Gospel chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 7 verse 11. And I think I'll open up to it because I'd like to read it from the beginning. God is an extremely generous God. And um, He is looking, we are the object of His blessing. He is looking uh, for ways to bring blessing into our lives. One of the things that I learned though so long ago is that I've got to learn how to cooperate with God's plan. I've got to cooperate with God's Word if I expect to have the benefits of the Word operating in my life. So we understand him, and you need to understand him, to be a very generous father. The people who know their God, the people who know their God will be strong even in the times of leanness. You're going to be strong because you know that if God blessed you then, he's going to bless you again. You know that if he brought the need that time, he's going to bring the need this time. Why? Because he can be counted on, he can be trusted, because he's a loving, forgiving, intimate, merciful, and extremely generous father. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. So in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, uh, yeah, 7, and we're going to start at verse 7. We'll read to, to verse 11. Jesus says this. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Let me read that again. Everyone who asks receives. Did everybody see that? Yes. Everyone who asks, everyone who asks, everyone EVERYONE, 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 NOT SOME BUT EVERYONE, GET YOUR FAITH UP, EVERYONE WHO ASKS, RECEIVES, AND HE WHO SEEKS, FINDS, AND TO HIM WHO KNOCKS, IT WILL, IT WILL, IT WILL, NOT IT MIGHT, NOT MAYBE, IT WILL, EVERYBODY SAY IT WILL, IT WILL BE OPENED. And then he uses this a little analogy, which is so, so awesome. He says, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father or your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So he uses this little analogy. He says, you're, you're a human being and, and you love your children. If your son or daughter asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? Or if he asked for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? He said, you being evil, in other words, you being of this carnal nature, you being of, the, of this earthly realm, which is inherently, inherently evil. He said, you being of this earthly place, you have common sense enough to know. You have the desire in your heart to give good gifts to your children. How much more how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him in other words if you in your earthly nature know how to bless your children don't you think that the heavenly father is going to do even a better job of blessing you than you could bless your own children you all know that how many of you are parents in this room lift up your hand you have children i mean some of you work like i said last night you work 48 hours a day You try to pack two days into one because you're trying to earn enough money because you have one goal in mind, to create a good life for your children, to bless them. And Jesus is using that analogy. He says, if you, being of carnal nature, of this earthly realm, if you know how to bless your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts or good things or good blessings to those who ask Him? It all starts with the asking. You see, a lot of times the reason why you don't have uh, the things that that maybe you'd like to have is maybe you just haven't made it a matter of prayer. Maybe you haven't asked God. You know, actually, it's pretty interesting. If you take the first letter of the first three words of verse 7, ask, seek, and knock, it all spells ask. Did you ever see that? Ask, seek, knock, A-S-K, ask. It all starts with asking. If you you don't ask, if you don't bring it to God in prayer, because sometimes I've heard people say, well, God knows what I need. Yeah, God knows what you need, but God wants to see you exhibit faith for your needs. Come to Him and ask Him and invite Him into your life so that He can participate in your life and respond to your faith towards Him. Of course God knows. God knows everything. He knows everything about us. But He still tells us, you ask. Because whoever asks, whoever seeks, whoever knocks... I will respond. You ask and you're going to receive. You seek, you're going to find. You knock and the door will be opened unto you. He says, again, how you being evil, he says, which one of you would not give your child a blessing? How how much more, he wants you to understand how generous a God we serve, how generous the Heavenly Father is. He says, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? it all starts with asking. Boy, when I got a hold of this verse and verses like this some years ago, I started to make my, my list, my desires list. I said, God, if you told me to ask, I'm gonna ask for everything I've ever desired. Now, I've checked a lot of things off those lists over the years. I still have a few more to get checked, and, and, and but they're coming, they're coming, you see. So, because the people who know their God are going to be strong in the time of leanness or the time of question or the time of doubt because you know that God is a generous God and I may not see his generosity maybe working in my life right now, but I'm just going to hold fast my position and keep on doing the Word and doing what God has taught me to do by the Word, be a giver, be a sower, you know, be a tither and do these things and eventually that generosity is going to come, come my way. So he says, he says, how much more... Will your heavenly Father give good things or good gifts to those who ask? So, God wants us to ask. And when you ask, you've got to ask in faith. You've got to come and trust. And put your full faith in God when you pray. See, oftentimes, we're not going to get into a prayer teaching, but maybe one of these days I'll do that. One of the things that happens to a lot of people is that you negate your faith because you keep praying for the same thing over and over again. You keep asking over and over again, which means that you don't have faith that you have, uh, you have what you've asked for. How many of you remember the verse in Mark 11:22 through 24? When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, or when you ask for the desires of your heart, believe, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you pray or ask for the desires, now notice he didn't even mention needs. Needs are one thing. Desires are something else. I guarantee you most people here are so focused on praying for your needs that you haven't even thought about desires yet. You still got to pay your rent, pay the car, park, car loan, pay uh, college tuition, pay pay the gas bill, pay this thing. You, you're so focused on praying. Now, God is interested in m- meeting your needs, but he wants to do more than meeting your needs. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. But he tells you how it happens when you pray or when you ask for the desires of your heart, believe, believe that you have received them. In other words, the minute I pray is the minute that I receive it. Even though I don't see it manifested by faith, it's the minute that I receive it into my life. Does that make sense to everybody? Believe that you received it and it was, see, this, but this is the standard way a person prays and then we wonder why we haven't accessed the generosity of God. Because God is not gonna be generous on your terms, he's gonna be generous on his terms. And this is the way he designed the system. You, you activate the system, you do it within the system and you will have the results. If you try to do it some other way, you're not gonna get the results. Am I, am I speaking to anybody here? Am I speaking over your head? If I'm speaking over your head, raise your hand, and I will try to speak lower. <laughs> when you pray, for the, so this is how most people pray. Lord, I want a new car. Thank you for that car. And you name the car. Or, well, let's just use a car as an example. I'm believing for that car. Thank you, Father, for that car. Fifteen minutes later, you go back and say, God, I'm believing for that car. God, will you give me that car? God, I want that car. The next day, Lord, you know I'm asking for that car. I want that car. Will you give me that car? God, please, please give me that car. The next day you go through the same thing, begging God instead of believing that you received it. This is the way you ought to pray. Heavenly Father, I, I want this car. I name the car, and this is why I write things down, you know, because then I can put my faith on it. Then when I look at that list, I go like this and say, thank you, Father, that I have received that car by faith. Father, I don't know when it's gonna show up, but I know that you have a time and a season and a moment for me to receive it. I know that you are a generous God. I know, you see what I'm saying? Thank you, Lord, and I'll just stand in faith until this manifests in my life. You know, you know, you see, you see, most people, you negate your prayer even before you get started. The minute you pray it is the minute that you begin to doubt. And then you ask people to say, well, I understand that you know, you're praying for a car. So you believe that you, know, you believe God's going to deliver that car. And this is the response 99% of the time. Well, I hope so. <laughs> Forget it. You might as well go back to go. Just go back to go and start all over again. I hope so. I mean, I can't tell you seeing that because there's a serious lack of faith in, in people's lives. And many times we pray for people up here and say, now you believe, right, that I'm going to lay my hands on you and God's going to heal you right now, right? Or he's going to give you that breakthrough or, or provide that need or that desire that you have. To... Oh, yes, I believe it. So I pray for them. And then we get finished and say, okay, now you believe that you got what you asked for. Well, I hope so, Pastor. Ray. Oh, forget it, man. Let's just start all <laughs> over again. Yeah, I hope so. You're not believing. You're not using your faith. Faith declares it before it, it sees, before, before you see it faith not only declares it but faith claims it faith says i have it by faith i declare it by faith i call it in by faith and i continue to confess it until it manifests in my life so your prayers don't go you know don't go back to begging god and asking god over and over and over and over again you ask him and then you stand believing. You stand in faith, thanking him. I thank you, Lord, that I have received the desire that I have just requested of you. And I stand in patience and I stand determined and I stand working and I stand focused on the word until this manifests in my life. And that's how I built this ministry. That's how I built my personal life. As I shared with the people, I don't know if I shared with this group already, but I'll say it again. I'm just about 12 months away from paying off my, my mortgage and being debt-free and I've done it all By thanking God, asking God, knowing, coming to him, knowing that he is a generous father and that he is interested in delivering my desires to my heart. He is interested in my, not just my needs. Like I said, most people here are probably focused on needs more than you are on desires. But God doesn't want you to just believe him for your your needs. He wants you to get over to the realm of having some desires. All right, let's get a couple other verses here, all right? Let's go over to, and I'll I'll read it out and... um, Romans chapter 8 verse 32. And uh, it says here, for he being God, who did not spare his own son, which would be Jesus, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely him? How shall he not also with Jesus and the giving of Jesus also freely give us all things that would pertain to this life? In other words, if God was willing to give us Jesus, what would it be for him to give us a new car? Or give us the house that you may want to live in? Or to give you some new clothes? Or give you the vacation you want? Or give you some furniture that you need or want or desire? What would it be for Jesus or for God to do that if he gave his son, what would it be for him to give us some earthly junk? Because as far as I'm concerned and as far as God's concerned, compared to Jesus, everything in this world compared to to the Lord himself and the gift that God gave us, everything, you can pick out the most expensive car in the world, it's absolute rubbish compared to the gift of Jesus Christ. So so really what what the Holy Spirit wants us to learn here is that God is a generous God. he, He can be trusted, He can be counted on. You can believe for the desires of your heart and they will manifest, they will come to pass. Because he is an extremely generous God. People who know their God shall be strong and will carry out and do great things. Great things are going to happen in their life because they know their God. And they know God not only to be a God of love, not only to be a God of forgiveness, not only to be an intimate God, not only knowing that he is a a forgiving, loving, intimate, and merciful God, but that he is also an extremely generous father as well. Can I get a better amen than that? So, so you've got, you you got to meditate on these verses because I want to get rid of that spirit of poverty. Uh, people have a hard time with this. You know, some people do the, oh, there they go again, preaching that prosperity. Well, what do you want me to do, preach a poverty message? <laughs> people are already stuck in poverty. People can't, already can't pay their bills. People are leaving New York in droves. I mean, for the first time in, in all, in, since things have been recorded, Florida has more people than New York. Why? They're filled with New Yorkers because they couldn't afford to live
0: up here.